Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, welcome to today's episode. Today is the first time we'll get to record together. And we've been trying for two months. So this is the first time and it's a really big deal. And Laura just yeah. went through like three hours of sound engineering to try to get this to work. So please, let's just round of applause for her for that. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode, we're going to talk about one of our very favorite groups right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they're on the top, top, top for us in every way, shape or form. And they're actually in America right now. And we're extremely sad that we're not there watching them. I was ready to get on a plane to Newark tomorrow to go watch them but work and real life and bills got in the way so i couldn't but just know like if i could be there i would i love <laughs> them that much i would travel for them uh without thinking about it so i don't want to get divorced so that's problems problems that married people have did i even say their name no i don't no, think so we we're didn't. talking about 80s today <laughs> we're talking about their past their present and their future professional podcasters always uh before we start talking about the group i think we should talk about their company sure because that kind of tells us a little bit about the group themselves yeah uh they're part of kq entertainment um from what i understand it's not a very big company but they can be because of 80s but they can be because of 80s i do think they're going to be able to take their company and make them much bigger and make them be more respected in the entertainment industry mm-hmm much Agreed. much more than they are right now i don't know that much about kq either i haven't heard a lot of bad things which is That's good true. because most companies where our idols and favorite groups are based uh have a lot of shitty repertoires to them so i really don't care for a lot of companies and what they do with the idols and how they treat them so with that said 80s when did 80s start 2018. Debut. So 80s as a group are Scorpios and their debut date is October 24th. And I'm not just an obsessive fan like that knows all these things. I am. But <laughs> October 24th is a special date in my life because it's my dad's birthday. So I'll never forget 80s's birthday because uh, okay. of my dad's birthday. So that's why I know the date. Them as a group are Scorpios. Okay. And I think that makes sense. So they debuted in 2018, mm -hmm. and they're currently on tour mm -hmm. in the U.S. Correct. And they're running Europe afterwards, right? Yeah. I think so. To be from such a small company, I think they sold their tickets pretty quickly. Yeah. I do think, I will say, because Laura and I were looking at the tickets, just flirting with them. We weren't really... I was very serious about it. She knew always that she was I never going to be able to make it. But I considered going to any of the five cities that they were going to around the U.S. for this leg of the tour. But when I was looking, they kind of sold out really quickly. And a lot of it, to me, seemed that people were taking advantage of the K-pop wave in the U.S. in general 
and they were buying to resell, mm. thinking they were going to be able to make a lot of money off of this. I'm guessing, especially after the BTS experience in LA in November. From what I've seen this week, now that they're here, that obviously was not the case. Mm -hmm. The tickets are very easily accessible, affordable, and there's a lot in a, in a bunch of different sections. It's mm -hmm. not just like the nosebleeds. There's in the floor, there's in the regular 200, 100 levels. So there's a lot of resale going on, and it's very normal. One of the things that I it bothers me about ATs, not about them themselves, but about how the entertainment industry treats them i saw uh yesterday a, a like a little tiktok where they put all of the bad things that people do to ats and one of them was when they announced the tour kq actually had to retweet a soompi article instead of like a billboard or a, yeah one a of more reputable publication because nobody was talking about it <laughs> which is Kind of annoying and really disrespectful. But you know what? That's kind of what happened with BTS at the mm -hmm. very beginning. They were super disrespected. They were not taken into account. And if this is why you're making your BTS and ATs parallels, I get it. But I'm just saying just because they're not getting the proper recognition that they already deserve doesn't mean that it's not going to come at some point. That's true. That's true. That's so. true. You make a good point. For me, ATs is really all about the performances. Like, I really enjoy their music. It's funny because I didn't realize it was licuadora music. <laughs> licuadora, for our English speakers, means blender. So let me walk you through <laughs> a 30-second story of how I had to make Laura realize and come out of denial land about the fact that ATs, as w it happens with a lot of the fourth-gen groups at this point, are very like EDM heavy as a base level of the kind of music that they make. ATs, Stray Kids, TXT sometimes tend to go in that direction because that's what the kids kind of are into. We sound like we're 85. The <laughs> kids are listening to me with my cardigan. But before you diss my cardigan, this is a little ATs pen to show my support of them or for them. So yeah, Laura did not realize or cognitively accept the fact that ATs makes EDM heavy, heavy music. She was here thinking, I don't know what, honestly. I, I thought it was, I thought it was like not, not R&B, but like hip hop sort of situation. Like, I don't know. Whatever what I she was thinking was not <laughs> the right thing though. So, it but I, I showed her wrong. the light and I was able to make her come to the realization that ATs does have an EDM heavy backdrop to their music. Yeah. And that's great. I love it. I'm personally an ex-raver myself from back in the day. I used to go to Ultra Miami and Swedish House Mafia, Masquerade Motel, things and, uh, like that. So I'm very familiar with the EDM scene. And I love that kind of music. So for me, ATs has always been a hit. And when I started getting deeper into their music library i really 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 appreciate their music i think it's different from a lot of what we've seen in the industry and it's super energetic and positive so i'm all about it and they tend to have their own color like i think you can tell when a song is made by ATs. i agree fully. uh some some groups don't have that very clear distinction no um but i think for them you can tell yeah that it's their song and I, I obviously, I don't know what I thought, but I, I liked their music because it just made sense. For me, 80s music 
if you haven't listened to them before, I realized this. I have a lot of realizations while listening to music in the shower. And listening to their playlist as I was doing research, quote unquote, for this podcast, I feel like you could do the entire soundtrack to a movie with 80s music. They have incredible, like, explosive, energetic, like I said earlier, and positive songs that are really good for, like, that scene when there's, like, explosions in the background and someone's walking through flames. And there's a lot of that in their music. They also have some ballads to contrast, and they, they have some, yeah. some songs that are a little bit more on the slow side. So they, they don't have just one lane that they stick to, even though if that's their main lane but it's really awesome honestly like their their music is really really great for hyping yourself up basically it is i agree so and i think that brings us to the other part of why we love 80s which is their performances they're such a good group to watch like they're good to listen to but personally i think they're better to watch yeah their music videos, their dance practices are mesmerizing. Like, Well, let's start by the fact that the only reason we fell into this trap was because we saw, like, on the reels, on Instagram, on TikTok, a video of a clip of their fireworks MV of Sun doing his little sexy arm move, showing his abs with the whole, like, one nipple cover situation. It was incredible. Like, we saw that, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to stand this group, too, because they're just such great performers, and I live for people who can dance and enjoy dancing, and you can see that in their bodies and in their facial expressions, and they really know how to play it up. Incredible performances and performers, for sure. For sure. 80s tagline or 80s introduction is eight makes one team, Mm -hmm. and there's eight members. Yeah. If we talk about the members just in general, I really appreciate their dynamic. They're one of those groups that feel like a family and not just like acquaintances because there are some groups where you're like, I don't know about I don't know about them, but but with them you can feel the camaraderie. Yeah, their their chemistry mm-hmm. and and it's like palpi- palpable, palpable. Eso. Their leader, Hong Jun. He's uh, the rapper, well, one of the rappers. He's pretty involved in producing and writing of mm-hmm. the songs. I wasn't about him at the very beginning, but... I fixed that. Kathy fixed that. <laughs> yeah. She ruined my life to like a 99% extent. So I really take joy in those 1% moments where I turn her mind around and make her look at something differently, which has been like twice in a year and a half. But it's, again, I take a lot of pride in those moments, and Hong Jun is one of them. So, he, He's not a, only a, a really good rapper, but he's also a really good performer. Yes. I, I, I enjoy watching him dance. She's talking about the mama performance also when her, his brother choreographed for oh, him. Oh, so cute. So, yeah, so Hong Jun is a great performer in general, but sometimes rappers are not necessarily the strongest ones on the dancing category in the case of 80s they don't have a weak link when it comes to dancers no at least not a strong one nothing that is super visible Mm -hmm. like with sometimes bts and our honeys that you can tell that they're not about the dancing life 
with ATs, all of them are very heavy on the whole spectrum of what they can do on stage. All of them hit all the notes. With that, I, I mean, I personally want to talk about a couple of members. I want to talk about all of them. My bias and ATs, by the way, he is a gorgeous specimen. He is an incredible dancer. He's a really nice vocalist. And he can wreck me with one look. And that's very valuable in a performer and in a Korean idol in general. But he truly brings everything to every performance. There's actually a lot of footage compilations of him being kind of exhausted, broken, done on stage and him pulling through. And I really, really admire that about him because it's not easy. Their performances are very energetic and I would be dead within 30 seconds of the first song and they just pull through and in spite of their bodies. So it's really admirable. So I love him. Yeah, he's great. I I like him. I've, I went into this 80s hole like a couple weeks ago um, when I had COVID. <laughs> I, I went into this hole of 80s and I watched a bunch of videos and I really liked his role in the group. Not so much in, in music or performance, but just his role as, like, a, a member. Mm -hmm. He's the mom, and he's... He's the calm. Yeah. In the midst of the chaos. Yeah. Y you, you, you would think he's, like, really shy or whatever because he doesn't really talk that much. But it's because he's not going to talk if he doesn't think he has anything important to say. But once he has something to say, oh, my God. Yeah. Watch out. And the magnet line for 80s is chaotic enough. <laughs> so uh, it's hard to get a word in, That's in general. True. If San and Wu Young and Mingyi are just feeling their oats, no one's going to be able to get anything in. And also Hong Jung. Hong Jung has, when he gets really like, what's the word? Leader. Mischievous? Oh, yeah. Or is that how you pronounce it? Or yeah, yeah, mischievous. Uh, when he gets really travieso... <laughs> Is what I was trying to say in Spanish. You can tell he has that twinkle in his eye of mm -hmm. like, I want to do some evil shit right now. Mm -hmm. So when he is on the same note as the Maknae line, there's no getting anything done or any words in or any calm. So Songwa really kind of brings that into the group and we appreciate that. Yeah. He has a really close relationship to Hong, Hong Jun. Yeah. There's a lot of compilations of them just being like really good friends. Yeah. And it's, it's very cute. And I think that's natural in most cases when you see youngs and uh, leaders. And leaders, that's true. Because they balance each other out and they, when one can't, like the leader can't always be on 100% of the time. So the young usually takes over and m drives the car for the group in that meantime. So. Yeah. So then our next one would be. Yuno? Yuno. So Yuno. I also had a weird relationship with him. I also brought her back on that one. She did. I I don't know why, but I just, there was something about him. I think it's hard, like you always said, just like with Monster X, you couldn't look at anyone else until mm -hmm. Shonen went to the military. It's really hard to get past San or Wu Young or, I mean, they all are so good. But yeah, really, yeah, San yeah. and Wu Young just kind of capture you from the very beginning. And Songwa, I think, is another one that if you just watch him perform, you can be mesmerized and, and kind of absorbed by him pretty quickly. So when you have, I would say, Hong Jung, Songhua, 
Wusang, Wusang, really, that's who they are. Wusang and San, it's really hard to notice the other four. That's true. Unless they're like in the middle of the camera shot and they're giving those eyes where it's like, look at me and I'm going to come do really bad things to you. That's so true. I think that's why you know was not a thought in your mind at yeah. all. He's he's actually extremely talented. He's he's the tallest one in the group mm-hmm. and he can still dance, which is from I mean, I'm not a dancer, but from what I understand, if you're very tall, it's not that easy to look graceful. Correct. So the fact that he's able to do that is really impressive. And I recently watched his K-drama uh Imitation. I was really surprised. Like pleasantly surprised. Laura's holding back because I don't like to have things spoiled and we don't know whether or not I'm ever going to sit down and watch these things. So she she holds back and she tells me like non-spoiler thoughts I have to share on you know this drama or this thing. So that's why she's kind of just skirting the territory. So Imitation was the debut as actors. Again, I'm not quite sure if they were in something smaller, but I think it was the biggest no, that drama. Was his first K-drama. Yeah. yeah. Uh of of a couple of members in 80s, it was Yuno, Hua, San, and Youngho. They were pretty uh, pretty involved with the drama and I I'm I was so pleasantly surprised by their performances. I didn't think they were going to be that great because sometimes the first drama of idols, that transition from idols to actors can be a little bit hard if that wasn't what they envisioned themselves at the very beginning. He was the second male lead. You know, you know, was the second male lead. And you know what? I dug it. You know, you know what? I dug it. It was great. great. I'm glad to hear. I've seen some clips on TikTok and stuff, but I haven't really, not enough to get context or anything, but he does look pretty in his element. So that's good. I appreciate that. I commend him for that. Yeah. The next one is Yosang. Yosang, I think he will probably draw the biggest smile from both of us because there's this thing on Twitter where everyone calls him a lizard king or an alien from outer space because Yosan doesn't have a lot of facial expressions and he doesn't have a lot of input in general if you don't seek it out from him. He's very quiet and he doesn't talk a lot. But if you're looking to get tea on any of the members, he's the one you should ask. So it's funny because he just uh, people say that he is just like a lizard alien masquerading as a human and he's just trying to act and and blend in with us and it you when you watch a video you're like okay i see that so it's so funny we at least i personally didn't get it and then i watched a couple of the compilations that people put up on tiktok and i was like oh yeah (laughs) he's just trying to pretend to be a human and that's okay we love him for that yeah yeah. he's very good at the same time he's an incredible performer and then he he's currently beefing up he's bulking up like a freaking machine Mm -hmm. his arms are delicious and oh my god for some reason the stylist at kq decided that he was part of la familia peluche and (laughs) 
<laughs> if you've never heard of the show, <laughs> this was like a staple of Latin American TV in like the early 2000s with a very famous Mexican comedian called Eugenio Derbez. And everybody was wearing really fuzzy clothes. And that's a peluche, like a stuffed animal with fuzziness. So they kept putting him in like vests with like fluffy things and like slacks. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are they even doing with this styling? But... Also, I get it. It just made sense because he has these like really super muscular, threatening arms. So I guess the fluffy things were trying to soften the blow. But <laughs> yeah, so Familia Peluche lifestyle. I guess I'm here for it. I would never think that I would be, but I am. He's not so much of a vocalist in the group. Uh, him and Woo Young actually get the least amount of lines in most of the songs that they put out. But he is center in performance a lot. Even in their last video, The Real, mm -hmm. he wasn't part of a lot of the group shots, but he was one of the more important roles. Well, he roles. had a storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the more important roles in that storyline. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if every company does this on purpose, but I would say it would be smart for the performance directors to, even if you have a great singer, but he's a better performer, you need to free him up from singing so he can perform. Because if they're singing, they are going to go a little bit less hard with the movement so that they don't run out of breath so quickly and can still meet their marks when it comes to singing. So he can sing really well. So can Woo Young. But their focus should be performance yeah, because yeah. that's where you can really see them shine. And, and they are kind of the anchor and the the spotlight of the group so it makes sense that they don't have as much singing uh, time so the the next member would be sun which means mountain and he needs to be discussed yes hmm he is i know i keep saying he's like they're perfect but he is actually perfect <laughs> like and we're gonna keep saying this for you know a couple more but it's not our fault because they are perfect yeah. he is not only does he have amazing vocals, of which I didn't even notice at first because I was just focused on his performance, and it wasn't until Kathy was like, no, you li you need to listen to him sing, that I noticed his vocals were amazing, voice of an angel, but then he can kill it in the performances. There's something about watching this man. It's like you're deathly afraid of him, and you also are ready for him to murder you. It's He has this he has a very strong face he has very strong facial features he has a jaw that could cut you and you want it to cut you and he has very not aggressive eyes but very sharp eyes and depending on his haircut and hair color it gets even more in your face the way that his facial structure kind of works so that with the fact that he knows how to use his face he knows what expression to make and he lives every move, every sound, every just moment of the performance, and he gives it to you. So his he is one of the best performance performers I have ever seen mm, I agree. in all of K-pop. He's really up there with the ability to interpret the music and the, and the sounds and the songs and the lyrics with his body. It's truly a sight to see. It's true. I, I have to agree. He's he's the reason we're into this group to Literally. begin with. Like, he was the bait. Yeah. And not to mention, when he hooked us in 
he was in his pink hair era. Oh, so it yeah. just makes sense that we were bamboozled into this. So we saw somewhere that if an idol has pink hair, they're going through their whole face. Mm-hmm. And we agree. It's 100% true. It's true. Every time. Pink hair equals whole face. And yeah. we're, f- we're here for it. They, yeah. they need to live that whole face. They do. And San was absolutely killing it in the fireworks era with like really hot pink hair it wasn't yeah, regular pink no, that usually idols hot, do it was like hot magenta fuchsia pink mm. and combined or yeah kind of put together with the outfits they were wearing and mm. everything wow it was just chef's kiss it was great he he has this really nice a really close relationship with Young, and it's really beautiful to see a lot of people miss it, n- not misinterpret, but a lot of people want to see what they want to see. Mm. And unless for us personally, unless an idol openly speaks about their sexual orientation or what they like, we like to take things at face value. Mm-hmm. So for us, they sell it as this wonderful friendship. Yeah. They call each other they're hugging each other they're they fight they fight they call the parents the parents are in love with both of them like it's just so cute it's soulmates yeah mm. it really is i think their relationship let's start with the fact that in korea skinship between men is not as weird Mm-mm. or looked uh, looked down upon as it is in the west so for them they probably grew up you know very much normalized or used to being that touchy and close to each other that's one thing but in in general like or in specific with these two are just so kind of like magnetized pull to each other because i guess they just have a lot in common and like laura was saying you know their parents know each other so it's it's like when you know when you have that one friend that you bring to your family and they become like adopted part of your family that's what it seems like Mm -hmm. it happens with both of them so i really love seeing that and i think it would be great if people normalize that more because i think it's just starting to happen in latin with latin artists right now with like j balvin Mm -hmm. nikki jam bad bunny constantly telling each other that they love each other there's not anymore these like beefs that are stupid between singers and whatever and just i think it's gonna be impactful in the long run for the younger generation to see men telling each other that they love each other yeah yeah, yeah. and this is something that i think is much more normalized in korea and i i love to we love to see it so i i love every time that sun and Wu are just exploding around each other because it's cute and um san was also part of imitation and even though his role was smaller it, 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 again, I was so impressed. So impressed. I would love to have a K-drama with only the ATs members and, like, whatever actors they need to pull in. Actors, whatever. But just them. It, I was so, so impressed. I agree. It was so good. I don't agree because I didn't see it. I'm just trying to go with the conversation. It was so good. So the next one is Mangi. So when we first got into ATs, he was um, taking a break. He made the decision along with his company last, not last year, we're already in 2022, um, late 2020 to take a break for his mental health 
So when we got into ATs, he was taking that break, but he was still very much there. Even in the fireworks music video, even though his face doesn't appear, his the voice. The members made it a point yeah. to, to leave a space for him. Yeah. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. And um, so he's he's a rapper. He is, I would say, the other rapper because it's just Hong Jun and yeah, Mingi for ATs. Um, and he is also super involved in creating music, writing his own lyrics. Um, I particularly think that ATs is a very rap-heavy group, even though if you look at line distributions, the rappers don't have the most, but I still do think that the more impactful parts of the songs tend to come from the rappers. Yes, so considering the fact that there's eight members and only two of them are rappers, proportionally speaking, they do have more weight than I've seen in other groups. And I think it's also because they're one of those groups where the rappers are rappers and they yeah. write their own music yeah. and they are so heavily involved in the production and that's probably why. Yeah. They also have, I think, the most distinct voices out of the whole group, Hong Jun and Mingi. So you can immediately tell when they're coming on, especially Mingi because he usually starts his songs with Fix On. So I, I think because of that, they're pretty prominent. Yeah. So Mingi is not only a good rapper, but he is also a good dancer. Yeah. He's not part of the performance line because, well, there's a lot of talent in ATs, and he's a good rapper, but he could be if he wanted to. He's also really tall and thick, but somehow that doesn't matter. He can still move and dance just as well as the more lean and smaller members. I just like to talk about the fact that Mingi had a mullet for this last comeback and mm -hmm. I was living for it. It was great. Second to last, but not an important, Woo Young. At first, I honestly didn't notice him too much because I was looking at other members. Fireworks just wasn't his era. Fireworks wasn't his era. But once you pay attention to him, he will not let you look at anyone else. Mm -hmm. He is an amazing dancer, an amazing performer, he has a nice voice. He was actually Artist of the Month for Studio Chum in the summer. And it, it he's he's so good at what he does. Absolutely. He has not only a really good like performance stage persona, but also really good off stage persona for like variety His shows. Personality. His personality is just so good. He's great. He's, he's a so playful. He's just, you know, so when we watched Kingdom earlier in 2021, around between February and April, I was rooting for Stray Kids because I thought that they were more mature and they had demonstrated with their performances that they deserved to win. 80s gave them a fight. 80s really, really also showed everything that they had. And that's where we got to meet Woo Young for the first time. And Woo Young by himself and 80s by themselves are pretty chaotic. Woo Young and 80s with all of Stray Kids is a freaking mess. <laughs> so, first of all, this is the first time that we saw Woo Young with the two-tone hair. Oh, my God. And we love to say hair. that he was a natural-born two-tone human because he looks so good with it. Like, stylist Nunas, thank you. <laughs> it just, he looked he did it right. flawless, first of all. Second of all, in that show, they not only show you the performances but they also have clips where they also look at the other groups watching the performances happen and reacting to them 
and William just had the best reactions all the time. There, it was almost better to just watch William reacting to the whole performance than the actual performance. Sometimes mm-hmm. he had, you know, he was a fan of Changbin, so he had like the fans in Korea the phone with the sign of like Changbin is sexy or whatever he said, and that iconic viral moment of when Felix lifted his shirt and showed his abs. And Woo Young stood up and goes, Felix, my son. And it was just so iconic. And this man just gives us all so much, so, so much to play with. Not to also forget to mention that he started training at Big Hit. Big yeah. Hit. So he was, he and Yosang were both trainees at Big Hit before it became Hybe. So they probably saw BTS quite a bit in their growth stage from like 2014 15 and on and he's such a big fan of bts which army oh my god it warms my heart he's obsessed with jimin and the thing is both so jimin was the last member to join bts when they were being formed woo was also the last member to join 80s when they were being formed so i think there's a lot of parallels between them and they're the type of performance and i think woo looks up to jimin a lot and tries to emulate that beautiful performance so uh, it's just he's so cute he is he's, he's adorable. so freaking cute he's i adorable. love him i think now is the time to mention that <laughs> most of 80s is born in 1999 we were a bit skeptical a bit apprehensive about this fact yeah because we are not born near 99 there's a little bit of an age gap a little bit so we were a little bit apprehensive, but for some reason, they don't feel that young. I don't know if KQ Direction styling, but they don't feel like fetuses to us. They don't. With that said, a quick disclaimer to any young fans that may stumble upon this at some point. Don't come for us because we are appreciating their talent. And that's that on that. Like no need to get gross because we are not being gross that's it also they fucking hear him half naked whatever it's fine if son's <laughs> showing me his abs i don't think he wants me to think about anything other than his abs oh, no, so let's think about his education i'm gonna ask him about his mbti <laughs> because that's <laughs> what comes to mind when i see his abs <laughs> <laughs> moving on we, one of the reasons why I mentioned that most of 80s was 1999 is because we're now going to talk about the maknae of the group. And he's the only member that was born in 2000. Uh, that's Yongho. Chongo. Chongo. Ay, mierda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is the maknae and he is the vocalist of the group. Like, zero. And, no, he is the vocalist. His voice is amazing. Boy got pipes. He can sing next to anybody and probably outsing them, to be honest. Like, yeah. while <laughs> splitting <laughs> apples in half with his bare hands. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah. He, uh, if, if I'm going to be honest, he wasn't my favorite at the very beginning. Um, just because there's so much talent and so many other members were pulling me to look at them. Right. Um, but once I sat down and I started to appreciate his voice and actually he was the member that impressed me the most in imitation, um, even though 
Yun Yuno was the second male lead. Yong Chong Ho had the I want to say even a bigger role than the second male lead. He was on camera more and he impressed me so so much like if he wanted to become an actor just dropping a singer which he shouldn't because his voice is a gift to us all but if he wanted to and he just wanted to become a, like an actor i I'd, I'd be a fan i mean i am a fan already but i continue being a fan because it was good i was so surprised yeah i think what happens with when there's a main vocalist in a group or a lead vocal in a group this is a very big generalization, but it's just kind of been the case for a couple of groups, maybe three or four at this point, I think, that I can keep track of in my mind right now. But the vocalists tend to not fit the typical idol persona. Mm. So when you see the whole group on stage or when you see them all interacting, sometimes the vocalist doesn't really blend in with the group as well as just the rest of them. And when there's one odd man out, it shows. So... In the fireworks era, first of all, whomever decided to put him in a red hair, fired, <laughs> canceled. <laughs> like, I'm not getting canceled for not loving Chung Ho from day one. You're getting canceled for preventing me from loving him for day, from day one. Hit, the red hair did not do it. No, I didn't like it. I like brown. Yeah. Brown and, or blonde. And I have this vision in my head, and I'm not one to have visions often of, like, like I need to see things done. I don't really envision things, but... I know that if Chongo had either like a swept back or just more fluffy hair, if he had the V hair treatment, he would just look so much better and yeah. he would match the rest of the group a lot more. Not that he needs to. He can stay the way he is. He's great. He's perfect. He is an amazing performer. He lives up to the mark of dancing and singing and everything, but... Just a tiny little suggestion. The hair. The hair is not mm. is not it. Because it just makes him look super young yeah. and not Isn't in the same yeah. school with the rest of them kind I of agree. thing. What I do appreciate about him is that I think he continues to break Korean beauty standards because boy is thick. And dark. And dark. He is not like a little sticky stick. Uh-uh. You can tell that. he has to go buy his clothes in a different section and you know what good for you man yeah we enjoy that yeah and again he's really strong physically and also there's something about him where sometimes members are scared of him i get it and it's really cute and funny and endearing and intimidating and all everything at the same time but it just gives you a kind of perspective for what really goes on behind closed mm -hmm. doors when the cameras aren't there the fact that on camera or in general, he seems like such a sweet, quiet person, mm -hmm. but he's got character. And, and and to me, he's one of those people that doesn't feel like the maknae of the group. Yeah. Like, if I were to choose a maknae, like, ran not randomly, but just on feel, it would be Woo Young. Mm -hmm. But him, he just doesn't feel like a baby. Kind of like um, from GOT7, Yoo Yeah. He didn't feel like a maknae either. Bam Bam yeah. felt more like a maknae. Totally. So he just doesn't have that maknae vibe. Mm -hmm. We Since we talked about all the members at length, and you already know who our biases are, but if you want to know a little bit more, we did an episode on our biases. So mm -hmm. you can check that out. And we talk at length about why we love Songhwa and Mingyi the way that we do. So feel free to check out that episode as well. Yeah. 
So I guess we can talk a little bit about their future now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we, we spoke about it at the very beginning, but I, I think they're going to become one of the biggest groups uh, from the fourth gen. I think they're in the process of making KQ a bigger company, just just themselves, just solely them. I think 2022 is going to be a really big year for fourth gen in general. I think Stray Kids is about to have an, an amazing year, and I think 80s is also going to have an amazing year. I don't think 80s has had the external exposure that they should have or could have had or that other groups might have had. For example, in Stray Kids, the Bang Chan and Felix are Australian, already brought in a lot of a big audience from outside of South Korea and English speakers around the world. So they had a big advantage from the get go. With ATs, they don't have a native English speaker. Hong Jung is doing an amazing job right now and all of them try really hard to learn and, and try to be part of the conversation and communicate as best as they can. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I know English. I know English. <laughs> he's, he's doing the most. It was so cute. So, so I think they're preparing for that. I think they're trying their hardest to be able to appeal to an outside audience. I'm not sure where or when I read this, but we've talked about the fact that Latin America isn't ready for K-pop, but K-pop is going to hit them in the face at some point. And I think it was Daddy Yankee that said that he was willing or he was uh, looking into a collaboration with 80s. So if if 80s is in the radar for Daddy Yankee, hello, what what more could you ask? I think there's a chance. There's a lot of big chances. Last year, they also did a collab with Pentatonix. They are great kind of gateway to Mm -hmm. the American market because... Mm -hmm they do a lot of covers so i think it's easy to go from one video to another video to another video and, and land on them so there's a lot of i think they're dropping a lot of little seeds that we're gonna be able to harvest later yeah i i think they have i mean they don't have the native or the english speaker but but they're getting there they're putting in the time their english has improved they have the personalities to be bigger they have the music to be bigger and i think they they will like you said 2022 will be a really big year for them yeah look 80s catches daddy yankee's eye through fan edit of thanks and rompe so i think there's a really big chance or there's a there's a lot of different avenues through which people can find and will find 80s this year and the next year And the other good thing about them being so young is that they don't have to worry about military enlistment for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think they'll really be able to do a lot in their career in the next couple of years or few years, rather. And I'm excited to be here for it. And I'm really sad that we didn't get to see them this time around. But the next tour, we're there. For sure. For sure. They're they're ones to watch. Mm A hundred percent. Yeah. With that said, we really hope you enjoy this episode. Please go listen to ATs on whatever your favorite streaming platform is. Go watch their videos because in the case of many K-pop songs, the video really makes the song that much better. And that's the case with ATs a lot of the time. And they really put everything into these performances. I cannot say enough good things about the videos for Firework, The Real, 
and Eternal Sunshine. Anything that they that they dropped in 2021 was great from a musical and visual standpoint. So I really highly recommend for all of you to get to know them and watch them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!